Amen, amen, amen. Welcome, everybody. This is a special night for you. Amen. <laughs> I, uh, I left the house without my message, so Beth went back to get my message, and she called me and said she couldn't find the message. So you must not need that message. So I got another message. And this is like one that is new to me too. So we're both going to get this like at the same time. Uh, I do have this on. Is it on? Testing. One, two, three. Testing, testing, testing. Te there we go. Cool. Take your Bibles. Go to Lamentations. Same person. I, the other message was on Jeremiah also. And uh, so y'all going to get that Sunday morning. It's just sitting there somewhere out in the ether, ready to be preached. Lamentations. You always be, should be ready to preach any given moment. And never worry about the, the, uh, the, the message. Never really worry about the text. Uh, really just pray the Lord gets in the thing and then he takes off with it, and uh, that's really all. You should always be able to stand up and say something about Jesus Christ, always. Uh, I don't care what kind of position. After, after you do this for a certain amount of years, uh, it should become a natural thing that uh, uh, Paul said it would be a fool for Christ. And if that's what you got to be sometimes, a fool for Jesus, that's what you'd be. Lamentations 3.1. Je uh, Jeremiah is, uh, is called the weeping prophet, and he's got some things going on in his life. And, and uh, 3.1, it says, I am, a man, I am the man that hath seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He hath led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. Surely against me is he turned. He turned his hand against me all the day. My flesh and my skin hath he made old. He hath broken my bones. He hath built uh, against me and encompassed me with gall and travail. He hath set me in a dark place. Uh, have you ever felt like that? Uh, set me in a dark place, uh, encompassed me with uh, gone to, uh, set me in a dark place uh, as they that uh, be dead of old. He hath hedged me about, and I cannot get out. Uh, he hath made my chains heavy. Also, when I cry and shout, he, sh he shutteth out my prayer. He hath enclosed my way with hewn stones. He hath made my path crooked. He was uh, unto me as a bear lying in wait, and as a lion in a secret place. He had turned aside my way and pulled me in pieces. He hath made me desolate. Uh, he hath bent his bow and set me as a mark for the arrow. He hath caused the uh, arrows of his quiver to enter into my reins. I was, uh, I was a derision to all my people and their song all the day. He hath filled me with bitterness and hath made me drunken with wormwood. He hath also broken my teeth with uh, gravel stones. He hath covered me with ashes. And as and thou hast removed my soul far off from peace, I forgot poster uh, posterity. Uh, and I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering my inflictions and my, and my misery, the worm, wormwood and of the galls. Brother Joe, would you pray for me? Amen. <clears throat> 
Amen. Take your Bibles, go over to Jeremiah chapter 20, real quick. Jeremiah, Jeremiah was one of those prophets that was unique. Uh, never was allowed to have a family. Uh, I've heard people say, well, I got to have a family. Uh, well, what's if God said no? Uh, Jeremiah uh, preached and preached and preached and preached and preached and preached and preached. Uh, never seen a convert. Uh, some of us get, the, the title of this message is a cure for despair. You ever been despaired? In despair? Feel like everything's going the wrong way. Everybody else has got everything, but you don't. Jeremiah had absolutely, he's called the weeping prophet. Jeremiah 20 uh, oh, verse seven, he says, Oh Lord, thou hast deceived me. Now this is Jeremiah. This isn't, this isn't Judas, uh, Beelzebub or anything. I mean, this is Jeremiah. This is like one of his real big guys. Uh, Jeremiah is sitting here. He gets to a place just like Elijah, Elisha, like David, uh, Daniel, all of them. They get to a place from time to time where, uh, they just feel like everything is going south on him. He says, Oh Lord, thou hast deceived me. Jeremiah 27, thou hast deceived me. And I was deceived. Uh, do you ever think it's supposed to be a certain way and it just isn't? It's not what you think. Wow, that, Lord, that ain't right. Uh, it should be like this. I mean, I should be like, I should be like something. Uh, I mean, I should be great. Look at me. Uh, and it doesn't turn out that way. You ever think that you, you go out and you give somebody or you, you put $5 in your 401k and, and one day you, you think you're going to have $2 million and the market crashes and you lose your five and then you, they take everything else you have and you have nothing. You go, why did it end up this way? That's just life sometimes. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself. I like, I like Paul. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Paul said, I think myself happy. Uh, sometimes you just got to think yourself into the right attitude uh, because the, the world doesn't give you the attitude you need. You can't get it from this world. Uh, Jeremiah says, oh, Lord, thou hast deceived me, and, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I and has prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mock, mocketh me. Has people laughed at you before? You ever try to tell somebody about Jesus Christ and they just laugh at you? Uh, they spit at you. They throw things at you. They, uh, street preaching is a great thing. You ought to try street preaching sometime. It's a good thing for you. It, it'll change your attitude about people on this planet. Uh, you'll find out how many people, they will say, I had a guy pull over one time and says, I think y'all are doing a good thing. I said, why don't you get out here with, oh, no, no, I can't, no, I can't do that. But I think you're doing a good thing. You know, the, and other people, man, they'll give you uh, signs and wonders and stuff as they go down the road and throw stuff at you and cut you out and everything else. And you would think all you're doing is telling them about Jesus Christ. Uh, we had ladies out there, they'd line the streets in dresses. I mean, they'd have long skirts on and blouses, and nice and neat and clean. I was there holding little signs up, just says, Jesus is going to throw you into hell. It didn't say that. Uh, but it, it didn't say turn or burn or anything like that. I mean, it's uh, the wages of sin is death, but the gift, you would think people would say, hey, I don't believe that anyway, so it doesn't matter. But they don't. They just take the thing and they just go off with it. He goes on. He says, for since, verse 8. He says, for since I spake, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil because of the word of the Lord uh, was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily. Then I said, I will make no mention of him nor speak any more in his name. Boy, I'll tell you what, there's times when you, you get despaired. You just say, I ain't going to say a word anymore. I'm going to shut up. I'm not going to do nothing. I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to do nothing. And then, then he goes on, he goes, but his word, verse nine in the middle there, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. Father, again, thank you for the message tonight. I do pray that you bless it, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what? The, the best cure for a despair is telling somebody about Jesus. Uh, if you've never done that, I'm telling you, the best cure is to go out and tell somebody. You know what this world needs today? 
We don't need to worry about some stupid war going to happen over in, in. If it doesn't happen in the Ukraine, it's going to happen somewhere else. Uh, as a matter of fact, while it's happening in Ukraine, it's probably going to happen somewhere else. And once those two get done, it'll happen somewhere else. And, and, and it's going to come to a place near you anyways. I mean, if they get rid of all the police, who in the world is going to take care of us anyways? Nobody's, they keep saying, we need to defund the police. No, we don't need to defund the police. Yes, we need to defund the police. Uh, you can riot and tear down buildings and buildings and buildings and buildings and buildings, but you can't stop a bunch of trucks on the side of the road and protest about wearing masks, taking a shot. I mean, something's wrong here. That, brother, if you worry about all that stuff, you know what you're going to do? You're going to get despaired, depressed. Uh, the best thing to do is, Jeremiah had a reason to get depressed. He was, he was sent to a people that just would not listen. You know how many times they said, hey, we'll listen to you. Tell us what to do. Tell us what the word of the Lord is, Jeremiah, and we'll do it. And he'll tell them, and they, they said, we ain't going to do that. Uh, one, king, one king, he wrote a, a letter. Man, you know the word of God is a, a great thing. He wrote a letter and sent it to the king. The king had cut it up with a penknife and burned it. That's what they thought about God. That's what this world thinks about God. But we said, Jeremiah said, I, he said, I was in my bones. He said, but his word was in my heart. There's just a time, man, I remember being that chief. I, there's several times down through history where you're in a place and it's just there, man. It's just bubbling inside. And you're, you're fighting back to say something. And, and you're just like, no, just let them go to hell, man. Just let them go to hell. That's, they want to go there. And all of a sudden, you just blurt that thing out, man. And, and it just comes out. And you, you, once it opens up, the floodgates open, you can't shut that thing up. And you just keep going. And you know whose side you're on at that point. And it really just doesn't matter. boy. I mean, if you could go out right there, that would be the spot to go out, man. Because as soon as they hit you in stone, Stephen, man, I tell you what, Stephen had it. I don't know about you. I, I mean, I don't like necessarily get hit with rocks. I told you all about the story, got hit in a rock. Rocks hurt. But man, I mean, he's preaching his heart out. And the last thing he does, he looks up in heaven and sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And he goes to sleep and he's standing in the presence of Jesus Christ right at that moment. And he's probably still got some of the words still coming out of his mouth that he's been preaching. And the Lord says, whoa, Stephen, whoa, stop, stop. You're done. You're done. You're finished, man. There's nobody up here that this is going to affect. We've already heard it. We already all believe it. As a matter of fact, we're on your side and you're on our side. Now, don't worry about it. Jeremiah wasn't like that, man. He, his whole ministry, his whole life, his everything that that man did was, was to, to help people and get them to turn back to God the right way, and everybody wanted their ears tickled. Just tell me something that's going to make me feel good at the moment. Brother, it's not the moment, it's your whole life. Every day you got to wake up and face yourself. Every day you got to wake up and look at yourself in the mirror. Every day you got to constantly fight to serve Jesus Christ. It's a fight, it's a fight, it's a fight. It'll never end, it never ends. Some people go through life like Jeremiah and, and never have anything. No converts ever listed for Jeremiah. Not one, not one. The years he preached, not one. However, some great things came out of it at the end. Uh, no other pre-Calvary prophet suffered as much as God, uh, for God as Jeremiah did. I mean, D Daniel got thrown in the lion's den, and, but he didn't really get suffered because even on the way down, there's probably a stack of lions all the way up to the top of the cave of the mouth the mouth of the cave, and when he hit the top one, he kind of just fluffed down to the bottom down there. Uh, I'll get to heaven and Daniel will correct me on that. I know he will. Uh, but, but, I mean, he, he, you got a bunch of lions in the way. I mean, they're going to kind of fluff you up anyway, so you don't, I don't think he hit too hard. Uh, the Lord was in the fire with, with the, the three children, the three uh, Hebrew brothers. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So, I mean, they didn't, they said they didn't even smell like fire when they came out. Jeremiah was thrown in a pit and sank in the mire. Jeremiah was beat. Jeremiah was all, all kinds of bad stuff. Jeremiah's like Paul, man. I mean, he just, he's like Jesus Christ. No other pre-Calvary prophet suffered as much as for God as Jer- did Jeremiah. Consider both Jeremiah and Jesus both were plotted against. Everybody hated both of them. And both of them was just trying to keep people out of trouble. He said, look, guys, all you got to do, look, there's going to be 70 years. You're going to go into captivity. No, no, we're not going to go into captivity. God's not going to allow us to go into captivity. Do you ever think that God would not let something happen to you? Don't ever think that. He, he could easily let stuff happen to you or me or anybody else. Uh, just to get your attention sometime. Jeremiah said, hey, hey, uh, God would never do that to us. Well, we're living in America here, but we're a Christian nation. I don't know where you get your news reel at. When I look at my Bible, we ain't nowhere close to that. So guess what? You're living in this pigsty. Yes, it is a pigsty, by the way. And if you don't think when he brings condemnation down on this nation, it's going to affect you. Hey, man, I got plenty of cans of corned beef hash over the house if y'all need me. I got them on clearance. I got stacks of them, man. Corned beef hash in a can. Probably lasts for 100 years. Uh, <laughs> I, got, I got stuff over there. I don't, I don't stock it. I just buy the stuff, and then I forget it's there, and I don't eat it. And then I go back to eat it. But I tell you what, man, your, your food supplies, I heard a guy say the other day, three days or nine days from, uh, from uh, destruction in America. Nine days, that's all it would take. If all those truckers stopped putting food on, you ever been out on the expressway and looked at how many trucks are out there moving stuff around this country? You know how hard it was to get that in place? It's going to take a while for that to downsize down to where it really starts really affecting people. We don't think, oh, no, it's, it's, it's coming, man. It's coming. You better get ready for that thing. It's coming. You say, well, what is it? You're going to get despaired and depressed, discouraged. You know what you can't do? Just forget it, man. It's going to happen. Okay, if it's supposed to happen, what am I supposed to do? You do what Jeremiah did. He just did what the Lord told him. Both were denounced by the synagogue leaders of their day. Here they were. Jesus went in and told them, and they 12 years old. I mean, he, was, he had them stunned. They had to put up with Jesus from 12 years old up to 30 they knew exactly who that young man was and what he knew. They knew he wasn't a normal young kid, and they still rejected him at 33 and stuck him on the cross. Jeremiah come in, told him the truth, stood up to him. Everybody agreed. You know, when everybody agrees with you, you better watch out. When you get a whole bunch of people saying, oh, yeah, let's do that, that is not a good idea. Uh, I like being by myself. I like sometimes just sitting back and letting the whole world go by itself, do their thing, let them go, because... I had, a, I had a friend call me tonight, and he goes, hey, Brother Elliot. He goes, yeah. He said, what's wrong with this preacher? I said, oh, Brother Man. I said, nothing really, I guess. Uh, it depends on whose side you're on. <laughs> I said, and we talked for a few minutes. He goes, oh. I said, I said, you ought to call your preacher and talk to him about it. Don't talk to me about it. Talk to him about it. He'll tell you more than I can tell you because he told me about it. I said, so you need to call him. Uh, you know what? You get, you get involved in all this stuff, and pretty soon you get dis discouraged, man, because you don't see millions getting saved. I'll tell you what, Sunday morning, a young lady sit back here. It was a blessing to sit down and talk to her for a little bit. Uh, last night at my house, a guy knocked on the door. Actually, he called me. I didn't answer him. Uh, so y'all should feel good. I mean, he wasn't a member of the church, so why would I answer him if I won't answer you? Uh, so anyways, he called, and then uh, he shows up at the house. Now, that's the way you do it. 
Uh, I'm sitting there working, stacking wood, and he probably sits down the road with binoculars watching me and Beth finish stacking the wood. And as soon as we start covering the wood all up, he pulls in the driveway. And he always pulls in right at dinner time. I mean, he hasn't been to my house in, in a year, two years maybe? One other time? Like 100 years ago? Okay, but it's a long, long time. So he pulls in the driveway. I'm like, hey, man, if you don't answer the phone, I'm going to come over and see you anyways. I said, that's cool. And Beth makes him this big old bowl of, of shrimp. We, she cooked a bunch of shrimp and, and broccoli, and he's just sitting there chowing down. And he's sitting there going, man, he goes, Mike, I remember being on the ship, man, and, and I need to get back in church, and I need to serve God. And that was a blessing. Sunday night we had a young man in here that's just looking for some help. See, brother, we still got stuff going on. And there's still people want to hear something about the Word of God. And it may not be the multitudes of anything, but it may just be one or two every now and then. But if that's all it is, who cares? One or two are more important than 10,000 that don't want to do nothing for Christ. Both wept over the city. Jeremiah wept over uh, Jerusalem and, and uh, over Israel, and Jesus wept, and neither one of them had anything to do with it. It just doesn't. You can't change people's hearts sometimes. Both were accused of false, falsely by the bread and beaten, man. Jeremiah, man, he got beat all over the place. Both were placed in jail. <clears throat> Both were raised up. I like Je Jeremiah was in the pit, sinking. I was in the, I was in the, do, 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 was, oh, I was sinking deep in sin, never to rise no more. I mean, and here goes Jeremiah. Bleep, 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 bleep. I don't know if you've ever been in mud. Uh, we had a, a chief out at the satellite station. We were in, the satellite station was right in the middle of the Great Dismal Swamp. And he went out hunting in the Great Dismal Swamp, and he didn't know much about the swamp. He's just a chief. Uh, he put him out in the ocean, he's okay, but put him in shallow water. That's coasty stuff. That's Coast Guard stuff. They always called them knee deeps because uh, they hang out right along the coastline and in the, the, the intercoastal waterways and stuff like that, but they never go out deep in the ocean. Uh, that's where sailors belong. But this guy goes out there, and he gets lost. And, and then they send us all out there in the middle of the night in a swamp. They got guys running through the swamp. We're not running. We're, we're, I'm in the mud up to here. And, and everybody else is in mud. And then they bring these big old helicopters over top. And, and trees in a swamp really aren't in the ground. They're kind of just floating in the water. And this helicopter's blowing the trees over on top of us. And there's going to be more of us get killed than that guy. And come to find out, that guy got, found a road out there, got out and hitchhiked somewhere. And he was safe and fine having coffee and, and tea and everything else. And we're all out there getting... Sinking in mire is not a fun thing. I mean, trying to get out of it, once you get in it, uh, you can't do it hardly. And if it wasn't for some of his friends, Jeremiah would have sunk right on down and died down there. They got him out. Lamentations 3.20 says, My soul had been still, had, my soul uh, had them still in remembrance, and it humbled me. Brethren, this world is going to hell in a handbasket. There's nothing anybody can do about it except go out and tell them. And when you remember that stuff, one of these days, one of these days, you and I are going to get out of here. That's what I told that young lady Sunday. I said, I said, sis, you're 18 years old and I'm 65. And if the rapture happens right now, I said, you're out of here, man. I said, you won't have no life ahead of you. I said, but you'll have an eternal life that will not even compare to whatever you could possibly do here. I said, Lord could last for 20, 30 years. I have no idea. Uh, we might not get out of here for a long, long time. If the Jewish calendar's right, it might be several hundred years. I hope their calendar's wrong. Well, it won't matter to me anyways. I'm going to be gone anyways. Next 15, 20 years, I'll be out of here. 
Brother, I'm telling you what, Jeremiah said, it is, verse 22, it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. Jeremiah, Lamentations 3, 22. That we are not consumed because his compassions fell not. You can never forget that he loves you. Never, ever forget that. This world, he's placed himself in it. He's placed his, his uh, uh, people in it. All of his prophets down through... Noah was another good example of that. He preached 120 years and nobody got on that ark. And we sit out there and we go out there and tell people and tell people and you want them to get saved and it's a great thing. Just remember that the Lord's compassion, that little girl out there got 18 years old, got saved, they're still getting saved. And it still might take multiple people to have an effect in somebody's life for somebody to get saved. But you know what you do? You keep doing what you're supposed to do. Don't get discouraged. Don't get in despair. I said this Sunday night, I'll say some of this other stuff right now. Number one, how do you keep from getting spares? Psalm 92.1. Give thanks to the Lord. It's just a good thing to give thanks. Give thanks. When you get bad, I, I was sitting there feeling bad today. I was like, Lord, I mean, this whole day is just right. It's just perfect, man. Message, the whole thing gone. Everything's gone. I mean, you work right up the end and everything falls apart. And it's like, the Lord says, yep, yeah, isn't that right? And I said, yeah, it's just, I said, Lord, I said, I haven't read my Bible all the way. I'm not caught up. I said, why don't I just forget that and lie to you too and lie to the people at the church? I said, well, I won't do that. I'll just go on and I'll read my Bible. At least, or, at least I won't lie to you. <laughs> I won't get behind the pulpit and not have read my Bible. And you say, why would you do that? Well, I've got enough marks against me now. I said, man, I said, might as well not. And then I get here and I look at Beth and I'm like, Beth, you rushed me. She did. She, she goes, boo-boo, it's time to go and uh, so I'm up, I get ready and everything else. And right out, I mean, she's got the door open telling me I got to go and yelling at me and all that kind of stuff. And my message is sitting right there on the printer. Well, it's probably all over the floor. And uh, then she runs home to get it and it's not there. And I'm like, Lord, what do you do? He goes, you get a message. Haven't you ever learned how to preach? You just preach. You say, why? Because it's just something in you, man. If you get despair and you, get, you can run and you can hide, you can do whatever, well, why don't you just go talk about Jesus for a little while? It's just a good thing to give thanks. I, I thank God that he saved my soul. I don't know about you, but one of these days I'm out here. That young lady, man, I was sitting there talking to her Sunday. Me and Beth was sitting there. And, and I, I mean, I was getting just giddy inside because I remember when I was that young. I got saved at 22, and I'm like, I mean, just the excitement about being saved and the world is out in front of you and, and all of a sudden your whole world has turned around and you were going this way and, and now the Lord's kind of got you going this way and you don't see a lot of stuff out there, but there's, there's hope there that wasn't there before and there's a future that didn't exist and now there's a path that's in front of me that's lit up that I can see and it might only be a couple steps there that I can see, but they're there and I see them and I'm like, hey, there they are and the Lord said, just keep going down those and I had some hope that I never had. I had stuff that never existed, and it was all because I trusted Jesus Christ. And talking to that young lady, you know how you get out of despair? Talk to somebody about Jesus, man. Talk to somebody that called Levi today and just talk to him for a couple of minutes. He's excited. You ever, you ever get in despair? Call Levi. Levi will cheer you up, man. I mean, he'll make you happy. He just, he's looking for a reason to get happy. There's nothing wrong. A lot of us are looking for reasons to get sad. It's a good thing to give thanks. 92.1, Psalm 92, give thanks unto the Lord and sing praises in the name. That's why we sing songs. People, I've had people come in here and say, oh, look at this. It's ritualism. Three songs and a sermon and a hanky. <laughs> Got to have a hanky, I guess. I had a preacher tell me that one time. Three songs and an illustration and a hanky. 
I don't know what the hanky does. Well, the hanky, man, your nose starts running. You can't have snot dripping down all over the place. <clears throat> it's just a good thing to give thanks. It's a good thing to offer unto God thanksgiving. Psalm 50, 14 says, offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vow unto the Most High. I told the Lord I was going to read my Bible and I'm not going to get behind this pulpit without reading his Bible. You know what you ought to do? Do what you tell him. Then you forget your message. And you're like, now what? He goes, I'll take care of you. <laughs> he goes, but if you lie, tell him I ain't going to give you nothing. Well, by the time I get done, you might say, you didn't get nothing. That's okay. I'm happy, man. You know what? I can still talk about Jesus for a few minutes. It's just a good thing to worship God. That's what church is about, brethren, is worshiping the Lord. You know, I got, th I got a message for Sunday morning already. I don't even have to work hardly on it. It's at the house somewhere. I'll find it, man. You'll get it Sunday morning. Maybe if the Lord don't throw, maybe throw it. Maybe that's the second time I was going to preach that Sunday night. And something happened, and the Lord said, no, not that one, this one. And <clears throat> I was going to preach it tonight, and something happened. And, I mean, really happened tonight. Psalm 69, 30 says, I will praise the name of God with song. Brother, you ought to want to sing in church. You say, I ain't got a voice. Shut up. I hear your voice all the time when you talk. All the time. I don't like this. I don't like this. Something's wrong here. Something's wrong here. Oh, this person, that. This person. Well, if you can do all that, you can definitely sing a song. It might sound terrible, but hey, with 45 other people sounding terrible, it all sounds good. Haven't you ever been around a bunch of people that can't do anything and they all start singing? It sounds good. Sounds like a bunch of angles, just like noisy water, man. Shh. Like white, white snow or white sound, white noise. It says, uh, I will praise the name of God with song and magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than ox. You know what makes him happy? Is when you're going through trials and tribulations and you feel miserable and you still smile. And you still got something enough inside of you like Jeremiah that you can bring that thing up and still tell somebody about him and his precious son. It's just a good thing to remember what's out in front of you. I don't know about you, man. <clears throat> but one of these days, like I saw that young lady Sunday, one of the, you know what, she goes... Here's an 18-year-old girl sitting there looking at me. He says, your preaching is great. I'm like, yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I wish more people thought like you. Well, I don't know. <laughs> she goes, when you say something, I can understand what you say. Well, I've got a Catholic background. She's got a Catholic background. Beth's got a Catholic background. So some of my stuff is flavored to that side where I bring both of them in there. And she goes, and you know what it is? Really, she's just learning. Boy, did you ever remember when you just was learning? Have you ever forgot what Jesus did for you when you just got saved, man? All of a sudden, just like, this is cool, man. Elizabeth, Beth was talking to Elizabeth today, and she said, I know I got saved at six years old. I know I did. I know I did. Elizabeth thinks is Elizabeth, right? She's the stoic one. She always, she knows exactly, she's very methodical. I know exactly what I'm going to do when I do it. You can't make her do anything she don't want to do. She's like a horse that will, you, can, you cannot lead to water. She will not drink. You can drag her right to the brink of that thing. Her tongue could be hanging out. She could be starving to death, thirsty, dying in the desert. And she ain't going to drink until she's ready. I'm telling you what, that's, that's just, but when she said, I got saved at six, she knew exactly what she did. And she's never forgot it. Man, I don't ever want to forget that kind of stuff. It's just a good thing to remember what's out in front of you. Heaven's out in front of you, man. And souls are out in front of you. Between me and heaven is still an opportunity to do something for Jesus. And this world sits there and wants to take that away from us. It wants to remove that out of your life. And what you got to do is keep pushing it aside. Don't let it do it. It's just a good thing that you show the world that you believe what you, that, and, and so can they. 
They need to see some people with smiles on their face, man. I'm telling you what, this world, uh, you, every job I ever had, they all knew I was a Christian. I mean, that, the number one thing was I didn't go out and pastor. I didn't get in trouble out Lexus Nexus. I don't know how he figured it out. I put a gospel track. It was a chick track. This is a sad thing, though, really. I put a chick track in the bathroom because they always say, oh, put it in the toilet. Put it right there on the, on the toilet paper and give them time to read it when they're sitting there. Uh, I don't tell you what they're doing there, but they're sitting there. And uh, so then I, I did that, and I get a call from my boss, and he calls me in his office, and the track's on his desk. And he says, Mike, you got to quit passing these out. I'm like, wait a minute. How do you know I did it? My name's not on it. Nobody's. How do you know I did it? It was in one of the other buildings. He goes, you're the only one here to do this. <clears throat> Isn't that sad? I mean, that, that a building with three or 4,000 people in it, a, a complex with three or 4,000 people, and this track can go through the entire complex and end up on your boss's desk, and he calls you into his office and chews you out for putting it in the toilet? I could, say that. I could have said, but what happens if they... No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> the person who picked the track up knew who did it. Isn't that crazy? And he knew how to get it back to the person who worked for the guy who was going to call him in the office to tell him who did it. You know what Phil did? He looked at me and said, Mike, he smile on his face. He said, you got to quit doing this. He had to tell me to quit. I said, okay, I'll quit putting them on the toilet paper holder. I'll put it on the toilet next time. <laughs> what are you going to do? You can't, you can't stop it. To remember why out in front of you, man, I like, I like, I like souls, man. I look backwards and I see people getting saved. I still want to see people get saved out in front of me. I said, well, brother came in Sunday night, man. You know what he needs? He needs some encouragement, man. He's He's despaired. He needs somebody to encourage him, man. Hey, just get another moment, just another moment, and maybe I can get some stuff back underneath of me and get my feet back underneath of me and stand back up and go on and serve Jesus Christ. And then there's a young lady like that, 18 years old, just starting, man. And you can sit there and look at it. And, and then have you ever started to think, man, we need to quit being selfish is what we need to quit being. I had a full life. I've had a full life. I, I don't want to stop you from having a full life. There is things that will happen over the next, I don't, want to, I don't want to say 35, 40 years. Ah! I don't want it to be 35, 40 years, but if it is, there's things going to happen to you that is just unbelievable. If you just get in a path with Jesus Christ and put one foot in like, like the, the snow wizard, whatever his name was, on Jack Frost or whatever it was, that one of them stupid little old snow snows, uh, Christmas stories, put one foot in front of the other. Just watch where Jesus walks, man, and just keep your feet in his steps and watch what happens. It's just a good thing to show the world that you can believe and so can they. They can believe it. Uh, there's still people who can get saved, man. They can still get saved. This guy named Tom, I'm done. Look at this. I'm going to be done early. Y'all say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thomas Chislin, he was born. I had, I had another couple of them that I was going to read, and I'll read them Sunday, but he was born in a log cabin in Franklin, Kentucky. Nice place to be born. Uh, Chislam became a Christian when he was 27, entered the ministry when he was 36, through poor health, forced him to retire after just one year. During the rest of his life, Chislam spent uh, many years living in New Jersey and working as an uh, insurance agent. Now, if you want a, a boring job, become an insurance salesman. You might make some money, but you don't have boring. That would be like, that'd be like being a pharmaceutical aide or working as a pharmacist, putting the pink pill over the blue pill, 
Or, but if you put the, pink, the blue pill over the pink pill, that's a different pill. But what do you do if it's orange and gray or orange and pink? I mean, could you imagine sitting behind a, a fishbowl window for the, your whole life just putting pills together? Or, or I mean, I'm sorry, man. I, I, that's just far from my mind. I, I, my, my mind don't think like that. Still, even with a desk job, he wrote 1,200 poems throughout his life, including several published hymns. One of them was, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is thy faith. You know, God is faithful to you. Amen. You may not be to him. I know I'm not to him, but he is to me. And he's always been faithful to me. Amen. He has never been unfaithful to me. Although I've been unfaithful to him, he's never been unfaithful to me. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. <clears throat> there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I'll save you the next couple of verses. I won't sing them because my voice is bad. Did you get that thing? Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Here's a man writing that song. Sick. Had to take a job that he couldn't, didn't really want to do, but he had to because he had to make a living for his family. And the only thing he could do is start writing poems because he could write. What a blessing. And he just starts writing them, and he just starts writing them, and he starts writing them. And down the road somewhere else, some guy comes up, and he picks up the, the thing and says, hey, that's a good song, or that's a good poem. And the words come in his mind, or the song comes in his head, and he starts putting that thing down. And the next thing you know, we get a song that here, years later, we're still singing. And we sing it all the time, and people say, oh, y'all sing songs, three songs in a sermon. That's Catholic. I heard somebody say, hey, just because the Catholics got something right don't mean they're all wrong. They believe in the Trinity. I believe in the Trinity. That don't mean the Trinity's not real. I believe in, they don't believe in the rapture. I do. I believe Mary had a baby. His name was Jesus. That don't make that Catholic. That's Bible. Brethren, just because some other, Jehovah Witness got a couple of things right. Not a whole lot, but some. I don't think the Mormons got anything right. <laughs> Brethren, you know what? Jeremiah, was, if you could get despaired or discouraged, Jeremiah would have been your perfect person to look at. At the end of that thing, they drug him off to Egypt, and he died down there. He didn't even get to die in his own country. But uh, I'm just telling man, he said 70 years. Man, you wouldn't have had, he, he didn't get to see Daniel and hear about him in the lion's den. And he didn't get to hear about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego getting thrown in the fiery furnace. And he didn't hear about uh, Mordecai, man. Uh, oh, that story, I just went through Esther. I mean, that all happened right there. He didn't get to see any of that or even know anything about that. But boy, those guys were reading Jeremiah and say, hey, 
This guy said 70 years, and the 70 years is just about up, and we're getting ready to head back, and boy, Jeremiah had that one just right. And all the stuff that happened to the nation of Israel, and Jeremiah told them about what was going to happen, he didn't get to see none of that stuff. You know what he did? He just kept encouraging himself in the Lord and never quit. And he said, Lord, you deceived me. He goes, but there was a burning in my heart, and I couldn't let it go. And I just got to keep speaking. You know what you got to do? Overcome that thing. Never let it stop you. You're a child of the king. Never let it stop you. Father, thank you for letting us come to church tonight. Lord, I just pray that you'd be with the prayer service as we get ready here to pray for a few minutes. Lord, if there's anybody in here that's in despair or discouraged tonight, Lord, I pray that you'd encourage them. What's in front of us, Lord, is heaven and eternity. But, Lord, between that and now, uh, there could be souls being saved and brothers and sisters in Christ being lifted up and picked up and encouraged and and, Lord, there's so much good stuff that could happen between now and the time you get us out of here. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you help encourage us, that we can encourage others. And thank you for a church to come to on a Wednesday night. And, Lord, uh, again, thank you for a Bible that we can read. Thank you for my brother Jeremiah who, who lived uh, his life, uh, Lord, for you, uh, living an example for us to follow. And we'll praise you and in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Great is my faithfulness. Oh, God.